Okay, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, goofballs, scumbags, and everything else in between. Y'all know what time it is, we are back at it, and this is the big 9-0, episode 90 of the Football Misfits, home of the Football Misfits. I am your host, LB, aka Paper Fonto, aka My Rainy's Black Bottom, aka Buck Nasty, it's that Spurs fan. Uh, I guess so. Couldn't at it. Neither here nor there. I am joined, of course, by none other than the other host with the most, Mr. Misfits himself, the man who gets it done. He's been getting it done, and he's trying to catch me in this Misfits Predictions Cup. I'm talking about the one, the only, Ronnie. Ronnie still was for the one time. Trying to reclaim what was mine at the start of the season. Still some season left. We'll see how things go. Stay strong. Be brave. It got me nervous. And speaking of nervous, somebody over here went ahead and won four out of the five this week to put some fire under both of our asses. Of course, I'm talking about the man at the data desk with all the notes, all the numbers, Spencer Reale, the Spencyclopedia Britannica. Y'all may know him as Spencer. So do I. Spencer, say what's good for the one time. What's going on, everybody? Peace and love. Peace and love. All this talk about title races going down to the wire and one point in the Premier League and Serie A, this. What people need to really pay attention to is this Football Misfits Predictions Cup because it, it is heating up, if I do say so myself. Hey, Love man, it. it's, 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 it's coming down to the wire, man. Uh, I thought it was okay to take a week off of the pod just because he took the lead over me, and then, you know, now he's sweating a little bit. But then I'm sweating a little bit because Spencer's coming out of nowhere. He he he's also engine closer, so <laughs> it's pretty close. Um, I know who the favorite is though, but you know that's another story for another for another day. I have no, I have not enough hair follicles on my head to be stressing about this, but so be it. Mister's prediction cup, check hey, that man, out on but Instagram. The fo- but the lack of hair follicles shows the amount of veins that are coming out your head because <laughs> I thought you were going to say it makes me aerodynamic, but I'll take that as well. That too. <laughs> anyway, that being said, uh, if we get back to the football on the pitch, of course, we had plenty of matches to cover. Club football, the business end of the season, the big boys competition, the Champions League. Let's start there. We had some second legs to finish off the quarterfinals. And boy, did we have some sweat, some pressure, some goals, and some fights. <laughs> Ronnie, shall we start on Tuesday? Yes, we shall start on Tuesday. Um, Again, Tuesday, I felt, was the better of the two Champions League days. Let's start with the Bayern-VRL match, the one that ended 1-1 on the day. Robert Lewandowski scoring to start the second half. And then Samuel Chukwezi with the winner on aggregate. Villarreal sees themselves through to their first semifinal since 2000, I believe, six. Absolutely. I, I, I just I didn't know whether or not to credit Villarreal in the way that they were playing very compact and taking their chances or just to kind of take it as Bayern being the the Bayern they've been all season struggling with so many different things for so many different reasons, be it COVID or injury or just, you know, readapting to the new, the new manager, but they did not have that sting in them that they usually do. We saw it in the uh, round of 16 and Villarreal said, none of that. We're not having more than three goals in this entire tie and it's going to go our way. The highway that the highway to hell continues on to the semifinals. Unai Emery, continuing European glory. I'm happy to see it. So happy to see it. Yeah, man. It proves that Arsenal was a fluke. Now, yeah, I was going to say, it, 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 somehow, some way, this looks bad on Arsenal. And that's okay with me. <laughs> so, so, big up Two shots Emery. on goal the entire two legs, and they were the two goals that they scored. Insane. And that is all they needed to move on to the semifinals, as Ronnie said, first time since maybe 2006. All credits to the yellow submarine, the highway to hell. Uh, now, is I, it a failed season for Bayern? Uh, abs- absolutely. Any 
any season where Bayern is not competing for, you know, the Champions League, I think for them is going to be a fail. Um, and I think for a number of reasons, not just that, but on there's so many different layers to Bayern's season and so many, I guess, uh, different, uh, I guess, uh, situations, specifically Robert Lewandowski being snubbed for the Ballon d'Or. You would have thought he would have came out swinging this season and Bayern would have given him the full backing. But I feel like ultimately they were slowed down by so many things that maybe they could have that they brought upon themselves, for example, the COVID situation, players not being vaccinated, uh, you know, earlier on in the year in December and January and them losing games in the league as a result. Um, but they never really quite regained that, that's, you know, that stature that they usually have or that presence they hold, you know, in the Champions League. And Villarreal was the wrong team to come against, you know, in that moment because they, as we saw, knocked out Juve, sorry, Ronnie, and they looked at Bayern Munich like, we don't care who you are. We're playing good football. We know what we need to do. Two shots is all we need. And that's all they took. And, you know, Bayern suffered as a consequence. So, yeah, I think definitely a failed season. They're going to win the league. But it's I think with Bayern and PSG, you're expected to win the league. Um, and then Europe right. is really where you, where you uh, make your mark. And... You know, they didn't really blow me away aside from the group stage. They were, you know, on fire in the group stage, as they always are. And then when the knockouts came, they looked wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. I mean, even that first leg against Salzburg, so they did whoop their ass in the second leg, but they just didn't carry that weight. And so something is up at Bayern. It could be, like I said, adjusting to uh, Nagelsmann. And I apologize for going on a rant here, but, you know, they even signed new players. Umpa Makano, we thought, was going to be – was going to lock them in to make them a team to, to beat. You know, they got Sabitzer as well, and they didn't do anything with it. So they, they got better on paper and worse on the pitch. So definitely a failed season for Bayern. They got some splaining to do. And uh, where Lewandowski ends up might be might also need some splaining. Uh, so that's what I think. Ronnie, what are your thoughts? Short, sweet, to the point. You said it. A season where they don't win or contend for the Champions League. Or at least make it as far as the semifinal it is considered a failure for Bayern, especially since they won this tournament two years ago. I, I was I was gonna say it says a lot more about Villarreal than it does Bayern, but this says a lot about both sides. Bayern hasn't had the best of seasons. They took L's when they shouldn't have. They've underperformed in quite a lot of games, whereas Villarreal they might be a little subpar. In La Liga, but in Europe, they are just flying through the competition since the Europa League last season. So, on fire, Villarreal saying, hey, Listen, we don't need to finish top four if we, if we win the Champions League. <laughs> and you know, you got to respect that. They they got into the Champions League last season because they won the Europa, well, they won the Europa League. So, you know, in Europe, they're holding it down. Um, and then on Bayern's front, you know, they don't usually lose to a team like Villarreal in the Champions League in the knockouts when they go out it's to the someone who might eventually win or play in the final and you know i can't remember the last time they lost to a minnow or an underdog a big underdog in this tournament so another reason to say yeah it's a failed season for byron so they they got some explaining to do um anything else on this point before we move on to the next match i do agree with you that tuesday was more popping than wednesday even though when i mean it depends how you look at it wednesday had some wwf action well, that was why Wednesday was more pop was you know popping for that sense. But looking at the totality of the two legs for all four ties, Tuesday <laughs> had a lot more on riding on it. Yeah, um, it's really how you look at it. It's just how you look at it. Do you care about the fuck shit or you care about the, the on play on pitch? Play, I mean, I know? care about it both. But Tuesday <laughs> weighs more than Wednesday did. And to finish up on Tuesday, um. Real Madrid almost shot themselves, but they needed Karim the Drim Benzema to rescue their asses again. They lose the match to Chelsea 3-2, but if we're doing quick maths, to finish Real Madrid are through to the semifinal. Now, instant thoughts on this one. I'm going to make this one uh, short and sweet. Luka Modric 
also deserves plenty respect. I've been seeing things about he's not in the class of the Chavis and the this and the third. This is an incredible, incredible midfielder, and he deserves the respect. He was also integral in them beating Chelsea. Um, I also will say Chelsea, I just felt like they were going to come back in this leg, and they did that. They played like you said they should play like they did against Southampton, which they did, and we knew that Chelsea was capable of that. It was just a matter of could they stop Madrid from scoring, and that was not the case. Ultimately, excellent match, excellent match. That is an instant classic. Um, and big ups to Real Madrid. They're on to the semifinal. When again, people said, nah, what are they going to do? We're on to the semis. And people are still saying that um, about Real Madrid. Like, uh, I mean, they, they barely scraped PSG. And they and Chelsea could have beat Real Madrid. Sure, why not? I could see people be like, nah, Real Madrid's not going to get the best of City. It's, they're, they're weaker than them. But... Somehow, some way, Real Madrid finds a way to advance to uh, to advance further in the Champions League, and more often than not, it's Karim Benzema doing the damn thing. It's if it's not him, it's Vinny Junior also finding chances. Sometimes they don't always end up in the back of the net, but he's always there. You said it yourself, Modric. I'm seeing people debate. Oh, but Paul Scholes was better. Yeah, let's not even entertain that bullshit. And then also Thibaut Courtois, who made saves after saves after saves, and quite beauties as well. So, Yeah, kudos again to Madrid. And one last thing I want to say about this tie in that regard. Carlo Ancelotti, they won this tie. It was a great match. He was like, all right, business as usual. <laughs> Got the eyebrow up, no smile, no celebrations. Yeah, it is what it is. Mafia boss Carlo Ancelotti just getting it done any which way. He said, I'm a long way from Everton. Thank God. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so i thought that was really cool my, my man didn't even celebrate that is sick but real madrid got you gotta watch out for them you cannot count them out it, it's like uh you know you bet against them and they deliver and man city's gonna have to be on point uh because they've already dealt with one side of madrid which i guess we can get to now the complete opposite style of play in atleti of course that second leg on Wednesday was, you could say, uneventful in terms of on the pitch. It was very, I mean, in terms of goal scoring and stuff like that, yeah, this game was was uneventful. This game was so eventful in terms of it being a sparring contest. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, I completely agree. I just meant at first and on the pitch for the most part, uh, it was uh, it, it was more more of the same. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. They turned. Then, they brought the ring. They brought the. They brought the <laughs> ring. They brought the octagon onto the pitch. <laughs> I thought and I wasn't mad about that. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul uh, was public enemy number one. He sure was with, with his little dunce cap on. It was like, take that shit off, you little, <laughs> you little bitch. Uh, they was throwing him around like a rag, though. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is crazy. At the but end I of the love- match, where things got the most heated. I mean, Phil Foden gets tackled by, I want to say, was it Felipe or was it um, Savage? Um, no, it wasn't Savage. I think it was, it was uh, what's his name? Was it Felipe there? who, when he got fouled uh, um, outside of of the playing area, he tries to roll back on and then he gets dragged back out? Like, no, keep that yeah. there. Yeah, it was definitely Felipe. He's like, get your ass back here. And he gave him a little kick for good measure. Um but as we get into the scuffle that happened, of course, at, at the end of the match, really extra time and then beyond, it, we got we saw some finger pointing, some stomping, some shouting, referees. I want to know your thoughts on Savage just pulling Jack Grealish's hair. <laughs> um, I will say he did that because you called this sexy? Ugh. Yeah. I knew you was gonna say that. So he's like, I heard they said you look like David. You look uh, as good as David Beckham, I which is complete so. fall. He said, "With this hair, get your ass over here." He was pulling his hair like this utmost can't disrespect. Be Gucci. Yeah, utmost disrespect. He said, "You wearing a weave? Come here." Um, <laughs> but it was a uh, yeah. It was scenes, as they say, um, at the Wanda Metropolitano. You know, Diego Simeone's gonna get in there. If there's some sparring, some fighting going on, some shouting, he's gonna get carded. He's like, I need this card. It's just, you know, it gets him going, it gets the people going. 
but it seemed like that was the atmosphere from the get-go. Uh, and these two sides, City was, it looked like City was just trying to get out alive, and Atleti's like, listen, we might lose today, but I'm, I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> so, it was um, Felipe who fouled Foden, and Savage was the one who tried to pull him back out of play. Yeah, Savage seemed to be the enforcer through the two legs. Uh, he wanted all the smoke, be it with Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, Guardiola, it don't matter. You know, he, he wanted some problems. Um, my BS of the week actually comes from this this specific match. We'll get to it later. But uh, well, overall... It's Phil Foden's dunce guy. We could say that right now. It, it isn't, but that shit was hilarious. Like, who wrapped <laughs> it up like that? <laughs> it, it looks very... Um... I mean, this this match was on over-the-air cable television here in the States. That should have been blurred out. It should have been TVMA for sure. That was like WWF uh, Warzone when it gets to like a certain point in the night and they start cussing. That's what it felt like. Uh, no. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't, like I said, um, I could already picture if Atleti had won that match and advanced on aggregate, how disgusted the football world would be at that. Oh man, I, I think, I think um, if they won that match, somehow, some way, Diego Simeone would get the praises yet again because it, you know it worked. The tactics worked. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right, and we spoke about it last week that you know the, the Simeone tactics are not getting the same clout that they used to. They're getting criticized more and more often, and that could be for you know a number of reasons because maybe it hasn't been working as as well as it used to um but yeah and atleti almost did steal it super late with a chance in the box um and joao cancelo had to make a a game-saving foul if you were just outside the box which gave him uh, enough yellows to miss the next leg uh or the next uh, first leg of the next round against real madrid so Atleti definitely had their chance. They almost stole it. Or they almost at least brought it to extra time where they could extend the fight <laughs> at the very least. And by fight, I don't mean the chances on goal. <laughs> so ultimately, a brawl, if you will. I half expected Jim Ross to commentate and be like, you bastard, he has a family. And shit like that. <laughs> you know, the tables, ladders, and the chairs. But instead, we got a okay. one nil. Yeah, steel cage. Yeah. <laughs> or the steel cage. But instead we got uh, a one nil over two legs victory for Manchester City. And they, of course, as we said, will move on to the semis to play Real Madrid, which I imagine will be a completely different tie uh, in all facets. Oh, I should mention before we move on from this that the fights did also extend into the um Yes. Not the change, not the change room, but the tunnel. The, tunnel. The, the fights, the fight extended into the tunnel. So full full time whistle was not going to stop this fight. This was a street fight, as, as they call it, slobber knocker. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, they was going at it uh, with each other at, at the tunnel. And I love how that happens. As Spencer said, "Hey, yo, hey, blame Vince McMahon. I I, I got that term from him. All right, um, but um, yeah, I love I how that happens." Savage. In the middle of that as well, Savage was not playing. He was he was going to beef with somebody, no matter who. Well, he was going at Grealish. He went at Grealish. Grealish is talking at Heat. He he goes at Grealish, and Grealish is getting defended by Raheem Sterling. He's being defended by Kyle Walker. Phil Foden with the dunce cap. You should have just went straight to the locker room, bro. Take that shit off and go home. One of the athletic bench warmers is going for Kyle Walker. I think he even tried spitting. That's gonna be my BS of the week because it gets really funny. That was got involved in this as well. Damn it, man! Um, Madness, as they call it, and uh, of course, Ronnie, as you said, listen, I love to see a good soccer, a football match, but I, I love a fight as well. It's a far, it's the complete opposite of what we saw: Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola hugging and high fiving and hugs, this, that, and the third, praising each other in the post-match presser. Complete opposite. This was Atleti saying, we don't like you and we don't care to like you. And if I lose this match, like I said, I'm going to whoop your ass. Well, speaking of Klopp. Excellent transition. On to the second leg of Liverpool and Benfica. Where Benfica, I am firm in saying that they made Liverpool sweat in this time. I guess so. I guess you could say that. I I would say so. Even though it ended 3-3, it ended 6-4 on aggregate. Right. They, you can't. I, I. You can't say they were made to sweat. Not even a little bit. Yeah, they absolutely could have sweat. The only reason I say 
if anything, it was a couple beads of sweat that the headband caught real quick was because Benfica scored second, of course. Um, and then after Benfica scored, Firmino just had, had a double in 10, excuse me, Firmino had a brace in 10 minutes, and that just really gave them the cushion. Uh, and then that, that last goal. Benfica scored last, twice after. That last, was it that, yeah. Um, so that's why I'm like, yeah, it wasn't a comfortable ending. Yeah, because I think it was, so I'm trying to do quick math, but clearly I'm having a hard time because, uh, you know, math is not. Don't worry, I was never good either. There we go. Thank you, Ronnie. Uh, but yeah, so if I'm, my math is correct, so Liverpool score first. So from there, it's 4-1. Then Gonzalo uh, Romas score, Ramos, I'm sorry, scores because of the year. Uh, Ramos scores in the 32nd. That makes it 4-2. Firmino scores to make it 6-2. After that, your Roman Yeremchuk scores. Darwin Nunes scores. Nunes' goal, I want to mention, in the 82nd minute. So I think if they would have scored those those two goals, before like you know before the 80th minute then i feel like liverpool has some reason to really start sweating but they had a two goal cushion and they looked like every time that benfica scored liverpool was going to come down and score so that's why and I they like almost did after don union scored but yes they were applying the pressure knowing damn well they could have easily given up a fifth or a sixth right that, that that's would... how that's how i say benfica made liverpool sweat a bit and it's yeah. not like Benfica were, over the course of the 90 minutes, were, for lack of a better term, pissed. No, they, they absolutely weren't pissed, Poe. They, they took their chances. I mean, if you look at the stats, it, it, it was, you know, not too many shots. Most of them were on target. Obviously, three went in and just in the match alone. And so they were they were efficient with their chances. But it just felt like with a two-goal cushion, you know, at Anfield, Liverpool are going are gonna to see it out. And I feel like they always felt like they could score, especially like you said, because and they did. But still. right, and, and it just felt like, like you said, Benfica would, you know, really uh, uh, press high and and throw bodies forward and get the goal that way. And they obviously knew, and Liverpool definitely felt and knew that they could catch them slipping at any moment, even if they did score. And so that's what it felt like to me, for the most part. If it was, if it would have finished six five, I would have been there right there with you. I think six four. Two goal lead in Anfield is comfortable, and it could have ended six you know. five. Benfica did not make it easy for Liverpool. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But regardless of the fact, the uh, the, the goddamn uh, six speed car that is Liverpool moves on. They kick it into any which gear you want. You want top notch? We can go there. You want to slow it down? We can do that. And uh, they're they're gonna they're driving in the fast lane to the semifinals. Big shouts to Benfica who. I think had a hell of a tournament at this point. And you love to see a 3-3 match. No matter what the aggregate score is going to be, you love to see a, a shootout. On to the Europa League. We saw 3-1-1 and a 1-0. Rangers is sending that 1-0 to a 3-1 win in the second leg. 3-2 on aggregate. Um, didn't see this match. Did you? Uh, yes, the Braga match was – that was – if um, we haven't done a match of the week in a while, that would have been it for me. It was back and forth. Braga kept themselves in it, scoring a late header in the 82nd or 83rd. And they were already on a red card at this point to take it to extra time. And then you could just, it, this was one of those extra times where you know that the players that are on the field at this point are dead tired. They, like the pressing wasn't the same. They were passing it out, out the back, just trying to get the ball out of their feet. And Rangers seemed to have the more, more energy and the extra man, of course, to get Braga up out of here. But yeah, absolutely intense match. Uh, but R R Rangers came through and said, listen, man, you don't want to play over here uh, in Glasgow, you know, at the Ibrox. They they held it down. Um, shouts to Braga. I really thought they had it. They they looked good in the first leg. But, yeah, that, that second leg was – was it made me tired just watching that shit. <laughs> Leon and West Ham. All irons in this one. Oh, yeah, the, the, the hammer's on, on point. Uh, they took it to Lyon's slow-ass midfield. Um, <laughs> I, I, said, I said last week, Tengi Ndombele, incredible player. The man just does not run, will not run. He refuses to run. And uh, West Ham do the exact opposite. Declan Rice going up and down the pitch all day. Got a goal in this match. West Ham with a better team, 90 minutes straight up. Um, and, and you saw that uh, through this leg. 
I will say there were a, there were a lot of goals in the Europa League second leg fixtures uh, this past week. They was letting them fly. But yeah, remember this when the- um to stick on this tie for a bit. Remember when Husam Alwar was linked with everyone in Europe and their moms. Every single team that was uh, going to be in the Super League were going to sign Husam Alwar, <laughs> including <laughs> yours. What happened? Yeah, I think we went with uh, we went with. Um, I gotta think about it. I can't remember at this point, but we went with somebody else. This gives somebody. me vibes of Nabil Fakir. Nabil Fakir, I feel like he was in. If I absolutely agree, I, I felt like he was in jail in France. The way that he was linked with everybody in the Premier League and beyond, and just never left. They had this man locked up. It like seemed. literally, the rumor, the the heaviest rumor, I think, was Liverpool. And I think he said, "No, fuck it. Let me stick another year in France." And now he's at Raul Batiste. Yeah, another year turned into you're going to Spain, buddy. <laughs> so if if that if we are using this trajectory for Outwar, he's probably going to end up in freaking the Newcastle. <laughs> nah, he's, he's going to Newcastle. Leon Leon has become a factory for Newcastle, as we saw with uh, Bruno Gimmerich, uh who who ran over there and getting paid handsomely, of course. Um, but yeah, this match was. All West Ham, Leon looked like, I mean, aside from having more of the possession, they never looked to be in it. And West Ham were clinical despite getting a red card in the last match. West Ham looked, looked the better team. They were clinical and they were efficient. And that midfield was on 10. On to the Christopher Nkunku show in Bergamo. <laughs> he does that from time to time. He's like, let me just go ahead and take this over. I got it. That man is Leipzig's star this season. He is their best player. He's proving it time and time again. Two goals on Atalanta. Leipzig are through to the semifinals. Disappointing me thinking Atalanta was going to win. But I'm on the record of saying whoever wins this Atalanta-Leipzig tie might win the Europa League. So with the way Unkunku is playing and all their other key pieces like Dani Olmo, Andres Silva, Dominic Soboslai as well, Emil Forsberg, I think Leipzig might win this Europa League now. Especially now that Barcelona got their asses handed to them by Eintracht. Eintracht gave Barca hell. All second leg. They were clearly better than them. Um, <laughs> yo, they were cooking Barcelona. I'm like, and last week I'm over here talking about, yeah, Chavi in second legs. He's been doing really well, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, nah, Frankfurt were not having that. Um, Barca didn't score until stoppage time. They they scored two goals. One was a penalty that that absolute charity of a goal of, of a penalty. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was three <laughs> before we knew it, and uh, before Barca knew it, they did not come to play. And clearly, their fans didn't come to watch either. I'm reading there was <laughs> almost thirty thousand German or Frankfurt fans in there. I'm like, y'all taking up the stadium? <laughs> it's like they literally uh, did thirty uh, thousand. Frankfurt fans made it to the match. Chavi likened it to a cup final where the stadium is divided. Um, that cannot be your excuse to lose. That's your fault, <laughs> if anything. Oh man, it should never, it should never be that way. Your your uh, club uh, should have set it up where he was not giving away that many tickets, fam. Like you put exactly. it, put the either they were, the, giving out, they were originally allotted five thousand. Bro, I'm there saying thirty thousand. <laughs> they said, "Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do that time six. Fuck it, thirty thousand Frankfurt supporters, and clearly they made a difference as well as Barcelona looked like they were playing in Germany, <laughs> and they got ran out the park by Frankfurt. Very good win. I thought Barcelona would move on to the next round, but Frankfurt has something to say about it. On the Leipzig point, I think I absolutely agree with you. They're they're coming into form at the right time, the business end of the season, if you will. We know they had a pretty shaky season, uh, obviously with their." with the hiring and then sacking of uh, Jesse Marsh and, you know, trying to just find the right spots. And they played well here and there, but they're really kicking it into gear now. And they, I wouldn't be surprised if they're favorites uh, to win the Europa League here. I give them my blessing, if you will. Um, the Ronnie Vegas odds. They take on, <laughs> they take on Rangers while West Ham plays Eintracht Frankfurt. I think it'll be an old German final in Spain for Frankfurt to take that shit up all over again. Jeez. So wait, they've been the first leg in London. How many Frankfurt fans do we expect there? Now, see, the thing is, 
I don't know about them Barcelona fans. I can't speak for them. <laughs> Frankfurt better get ready for some bubbles being blown by some grown ass men at the Olympic Stadium. They don't play that shit. <laughs> so, Man, bubble smubble. <laughs> How many Frankfurt fans do you think we're gonna pull up? Let's see. Um, I, I, Bear in mind, thirty thousand went to Barcelona. They, no, I can't go. get it, over that. No, unbelievable. And if I'm going, if I'm going, so ninety k uh, seats, I believe at Camp Now, Camp News, ninety thousand plus. Uh, Olympic Stadium is around eighty thousand, I believe. Um, nah, you know what? I'm saying the West Ham fans ain't going for that. They're not going for that. They're not about to pull a Barcelona and let thirty thousand Germans into into the Olympic Stadium. I don't think so. They bring, they're going to bring the extra large bubble blowing guns, the dirty bubble, if you will, uh, at the Olympic Stadium. I just say dirty bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't I called the Olympic Stadium the dirty bubble before? That is great. Damn. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, LV, when you do one, you do one. Air horn. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I think they're gonna they not outnumber, <laughs> but have a decent contingent in the dirty bubble. <laughs> the H man went there, right? Yeah, fast. he was in the dirty bubble. <laughs> is lemon come on fam. let's get it evil okay oh. but yeah that that'll be a very good tie west ham obviously are flying <laughs> in the europa league in the premier league they're sputtering but clearly they're seeing that finishing top four looks like it's going to be uh, a long shot for them and maybe this is the only chance to get into the champions league i i did say that i could see west ham in the final um i would hate for them to win a european cup but um <laughs> Hey man, don't hate. You had your chance and you didn't want it. No, you're absolutely right, and that's why I'm hating. <laughs> I'm gonna use that as hate, fair or unfair. Uh, I'm on that bullshit. But yeah, well, they're gonna lose to Frankfurt, I think, especially since the second leg is in Frankfurt. They just look like the strongest side in the in the um, Europa League, even though I think Leipzig might win it. Yeah, and I think this is where I jump ship as well. I mean, for obviously, not just because I'm hating, which I am, I'm saying that on record, um, but also because I, I think Frankfurt, they look really informed in this competition. West Ham do as well, but they look deadly, man. They put up them goals in a hurry, but I do agree with you that I think at this point, the, the German sides left in the competition do look the strongest. Uh, Rangers and West Ham, just slightly behind, if you will. And on to the third tier European competition, the Conference League. Let's begin with the one that ended scoreless in the first leg. Leicester City and PSV Eindhoven. Leicester City eked out a 2-1 win in the Netherlands. PSV, it's funny because they just won the Dutch Cup today. Um, but 2-1 losers they are to Leicester City, and that was the aggregate score after the scoreless first leg. Pauk disappointed the shit out of me. They lost one nothing to Marseille at home. Of course, it's that man again, Dimitri Payet, scored the long goal in that one. LV, you said Slavia Praha and Feyenoord was quality. So Feyenoord with their black jerseys, which are kind of nice, by the way, with the yellow stripes on them, in the second half scored two very key goals. They just caught, they just look faster than uh, the Slavia Praha. Yeah, I mean, they, they did the business. They did the damn thing. The aggregate was 4-6, obviously. A 3-1 finish in the second leg. Uh, Luis Sinistera, cool-ass name, <laughs> uh, with, the, with the, uh, the final goal of the match. But, yeah, they just looked like they were outrunning uh, pra Praha, and at least one Dutch side made it through. PSV could not do it against Brendan Rodgers and them. Um, but, yeah, final looked good, and the match itself was, was pretty decent. And on to the St. Peter's University of the Europa Conference League. Jeez. Bodo Glimt. That is an excellent, excellent analogy. <laughs> it's a fact. Bodo yep. Glimt, who was whipping some ass in that first leg, Jose Mourinho said, no more of this. No more, please. And watched them for nothing. The goals Man. came via Tammy Abraham and a hat-trick from Nicolo Giannolo. I'm glad to see that he is back in form. I agree. A hat-trick for the big man, Zaniolo. 
also probably the, one of the coolest names uh, to come out of football in the last 15 or so years. But I agree. Happy that he's putting in work, scoring goals, and playing, getting minutes under his belt. Bodo Glimp got to be feeling like, bro, we beat these guys three times this season. I'm sure they would have traded any one of those for this one here, of course. That's a fact. But Roma, Roma finally, finally <laughs> getting over the Bodo Glimp milestone uh, in, in ass-whooping fashion. Four nil, as you said, Ronnie. And hey, man, they put themselves on the football map to an extent. We know who Bodo Glimp are now. So does Jose Mourinho. And he hopes that is the last time he ever has to see that Tim Bodo Glimp. See, Facts. you know what it's like to see a team four times and only beating them once? Yo, and like the even with that 4-0 ass whipping that Roma gave them in the second leg, I think the aggregate is still in Bodo's way overall in those four matches. I think so as well because the aggregate on here was 5-2. And then if we go back to the group stage, they watched them, what, 6-0? I think it was 6-1 or 6 nothing, And then three a 3-3 draw, I believe, so. It damn near put like 12 goals on, on Roma's head. Yeah, man. So it was bound to happen, but Bodo Glimt is leaving us with some fond moments, if you will. Um, four nothing losers in the Conference League quarterfinal. Semifinals see the aforementioned Roma take on Leicester City and Feyenoord take on Marseille. I am going Marseille and Leicester to get bounced in the semis. It'll be a Roma Feyenoord final. Okay, and I've got um, I've got Roma and Marseille in the final. I think I said that either last week or the week before, but I think those two will meet in the final. I think uh, Roma's going to wipe the floor with Leicester, and Feyenoord versus Marseille will be a good one, but I, yeah, I think Marseille have the firepower to see themselves through to the final. Not only because Feyenoord are a good team, I cannot see Dimitri Payet in that dumbass hairstyle in a championship. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> goofy ass hairstyle, scoring Very excellent goofy. goals. Doesn't make any sense. Getting hit with water bottles. Just. I'd rather. Just be... I'd rather a football player be nice and aerodynamic with a George Jefferson hairstyle than. <laughs> uh, me. Uh, but. But. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> That is my prediction for the conference league. Now that we think about it, we didn't touch Champions League um, semifinal predictions. That is true. Um, okay, let's run through it really quickly in the semifinals. Of I will the tell Champions. you what my mind says, and I will tell you what my heart says. The mind says Liverpool, Real Madrid. The heart okay. says Man City, Villarreal, Villarreal winning in Paris. Oh, man, that would be incredible for Unai Emery, terrible for wow. Pep Guardiola and Arsenal. But, yeah, the the, the mind um, pick sounded very Spencer-esque. I know Spencer's saying, I don't care what happens, Madrid and Liverpool in the final, and then somehow they both win. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. But, no, um, we saw this before. We know where he tends to lean. If that were to happen around Madrid-Liverpool, I'm going Liverpool. Liverpool. Um I think um, I'm going to go V. Okay, I can't say Villarreal. God damn it. I just can't do I mean, it. Um, I, I can't. I can't do it. Liverpool are going to be in the final. Um, I would love to be wrong. I would absolutely love to be wrong. But Liverpool in the final, and they're going to play Man City. They're just meant to play each other, man. They, they played like six times. It's the new El Clasico. Uh, Man City, Liverpool final. And. Who well, wins it, I guess? Time? I'm, I'm telling you, they're meant to play each other, these two. They, it's just meant to be. Liverpool, uh, and... Madrid. Liverpool, surprise, Madrid. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Who wins that, Liverpool, Madrid? Yeah, uh, Who wins yeah. the final? If yeah, if, they, if that's Madrid, the final. Yeah. If Liverpool are on for the quadruple, I'm going Liverpool. And if they're not? Then I win. It's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't front. I wanted to hate on that, but that was the perfect, perfect line. Uh, air horns for that. <laughs> this man said, "I win." <laughs> I, I I don't know Spencer to be any other way. I I've seen this story before. Literally, I've seen the story before. Twenty eighteen. 
Those they, are my two teams. I mean, if they make it there, I'm very happy. I'm just going to be watching for an exciting This game. man was hyped when Mo Salah got injured. Man, um, I've never seen somebody so happy to <laughs> These lies that you're putting out there for the public. Oh, my goodness. But I will say one thing that is a fact, though, that Spencer was indeed wearing an all-black Real Madrid Y3 jersey, a beautiful jersey at that, during that final, if I'm not mistaken. If memory serves me right. I'm only saying he has a customized Real Madrid jersey. He only has a Liverpool t-shirt. He mm. does. He also has a um a youth-sized Liverpool cap. So there is that. <laughs> this is bananas. I feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> All right, we, we can we can leave we can leave it at I win. That was incredible. We can leave it at that. But it was, um... <laughs> that was top notch. <laughs> I man said I win. I love that. That's fine. We can't okay. keep, we can't keep it at Liverpool though. Um, you mentioned the match that's destined to happen, Man City Liverpool. That was the FA Cup semifinal. It was. I have a question for both you guys on this one. Did Pep Guardiola throw that match? Does he not care about the FA Cup? Um, you said Zach Steffen didn't. <laughs> Zach, Zach Steffen. <laughs> My boy Zach Steffen said this is for America. <laughs> 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 um did he throw it um could you all could you say it was another case of him overthinking no i think he did not give enough shit about this match for him to start jack Grealish, i haven't seen that all season in matches that matter so he started jack Grealish. that was the sign for me not even the zach Stefan. it was the jack Grealish starting uh, oh, so you knew it was over from the jump. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what did it for me. Um, so I, I, my theory is that Pep Guardiola does not care about the FA Cup. He was like, all right, if Liverpool get this one, then they get this one. Liverpool, meanwhile, said, I'm taking anything I can get. Yeah, because they, they went with a strong-ass 11. And, so, and we saw the regular that. 11. We saw that early on. What, was it three goals in the first half, if I'm not mistaken? Was it 3-0? Goodness It was 3-0 after the first half. Goodness gracious! And one Mane one exit. Mane had the brace at your facts. He had they they had the um. It was Salah, Luis Diaz, and Sadio Mane front three. They were going for blood. No Kyle Walker, by the way. <laughs> they were like, we don't care who the fullback is. He's getting cooked. <clears throat> and that's exactly what we saw. Zach Steffen, meanwhile, was like, "Yo, listen, <laughs> America." <laughs> so, what was the man thinking? I know the meme says he's trying to be like Ederson, but what was he thinking? He was, he was on that bullshit. He must be disgruntled with Pep Guardiola because that was a hell of an assist uh, to Mane. Mane was like, thank you. I but know yeah. Greg Berhalter was looking at that like, shit. I, I mean, you so. have one goalkeeper who's making burgers out of clearances. You have another one with frostbite and doesn't want to admit it. You have one at Nottingham Forest. What options do you have? Having frostbite and not admitting it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm good, man. My feet just cold. <laughs> I think Pep. I think Pep did not give a shit about this match. He's focused on the Champions League, which he's been overthinking for years. It's been over almost 11, 12 years now since he's won it. Uh, so he's been. I think he's going straight Champions League. That's his eggs in the basket, and then obviously keeping that one nil or that one point lead on. Liverpool in the Prem, he said, listen, I don't care. You can have it. Go mess with Chelsea in the final. Go ahead. Chelsea beat Crystal Palace in today's second semifinal. Mason Mount had himself a um, magnificent goal. And apparently they're keeping stats of how he's been playing since he got a haircut. Okay, whatever. Yeah, facts. Because apparently um, Mason Mount loves to, um, like, uh, clear the hair out of his eyes or whatever. I don't know how white people do with their hair. Like, move his hair. And I don't know. I don't Robert Loftus-Cheek also scored for Chelsea. Um, Great game for him. It, it was. And uh, something else I saw on social media, whenever Chelsea wear these yellow kits, these bumblebee kits, they're, they're on some bullshit. Yeah, they be, they be trying to sting. But um, <laughs> dad joke of the day, yeah, I'll take it. But, yes, yeah, so Chelsea-Liverpool well, final. Again, it's again Chelsea and Liverpool. When earlier this season, that was the matchup. Um, Liverpool, I think, have the better side. They'll win this FA Cup. Um, 
especially if we're going off of these two semifinals in particular. Because that front three is going to smell blood once they can. Um, defensively, they're in pretty good shape, I would say. Um, you could swap out a mad tip for um, Konate. I know some people have been talking about their, their struggles in the midfield, i.e. Jordan Henderson. But I'm like, oh, this midfield is pretty good. I mean, they started Thiago, Fabinho, Keita. So it's... It's a Liverpool midfield that can get by. I think Liverpool would I th- I think they might actually do the quadruple now that you mentioned it earlier. Shit. Yep. I I've, I got Chelsea in this final. Um I think it'll be their one bright spot and then otherwise fail of a season. I think Liverpool uh I haven't spoken nothing but highly of Liverpool in the last couple of weeks. They kick it into high gear whenever they want to. They obviously are probably one of two best teams in the world right now, but I think this will be – I just have a feeling. I think this will be Chelsea's one highlight in their season. Uh, the last time uh, they played each other in the Carling – Carling Cup, wow. Look at me. The, the um, Carabao Cup. Um, it was a match that went all the way to penalties and kept a, a little, little, little – uh, There you go. Yeah. Um, let them down. So uh, I think – Chelsea's main issue, obviously, was is that they they're going to need to stay defensively compact. But yeah, I think they could absolutely win this game, as could Liverpool. But I'm going to go with Chelsea in the final there. I think that they will win the FA Cup. No hate. Quadruple, no hate. do your boys get it, Spence? Or at least the FA Cup. Uh, it's early. Uh, I mean, it's still early, but it's, it's early. It's, it's April. <laughs> it is because what does Justin Timberlake mean, say? It's gonna be May. Because, <laughs> I mean, the only other tournament that's guaranteed at least a chance for it is the, the FA Cup. Because we still got to play well in the Premier League. Hope City drop points. Still have at least two matches to play before having a chance to see if you can make it to the Champions League final. So, I mean, it's still it's still open. Like, it, it's still possible, but you got to see how it goes. And, again, it's, it's late days, but still early. And you need a lot of luck yep. to fall into place. Yeah, and another thing, I will, one more point I will mention about the FA Cup and how, why I'm going Chelsea as well, is that Chelsea at this point have nothing to play for. They are done and dusted in the Premier League. They're going to probably finish third if they really struggle to finish fourth. If they really struggle, so they have nothing to chase. They have nothing that they're really holding themselves to. That they have to play their hearts out for and spread and split their team. Whereas Liverpool, as, as Spencer just said, there. You know they're they're going. They have a chance to win, you know, three more cups. That they're going to have to be able to rotate their squad. They still have to keep up with Man City in that one point gap. Make sure that they're not slipping up, you know, as much as Man City might not be slipping up. Uh, so they're going to have to really rotate as well as they can and keep their heads screwed on. Where Chelsea's like, all right, we're playing one game a week. We don't give a shit about the Premier League anymore. So let's put all our eggs in this one basket, this one final, and we can win this. And I think uh, so. At the FA Cup final, just to point out on the calendar, it's on May 14th. That is, you know, the tail end of the season. The Champions League final is two weeks after that. Um, and so Liverpool will will be playing Champions League semifinal legs in between the FA Cup uh, or around the FA Cup final. And they'll be, they're also going to have to play in the Premier League where they still have a, a bit of a tough schedule to keep themselves on the heels of City. So a lot to focus on, a lot of plates to spin uh, for Liverpool, whereas Chelsea's like, all right, let's go and play this final. I mean, it's not the hardest run of fixtures between now and the end of the season, I think, but I say they can do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking, I guess, mainly, uh, so Champions League semifinals, the second leg is May 3rd. I believe Liverpool plays Spurs on May the 7th or 8th. That weekend, uh, the 7th. Right, so I mean, not saying I mean Liverpool are obviously better than Spurs. They should be able to put them down, but Spurs are have been in decent form. It's going to be a game that they're going to have to prepare for and rotate their squad. And then right after the so the seventh of May, and then the fourteenth of May, seven days after that, they play the FA Cup final. So yeah, that'll just be a burst of of club competitions, which, as you know, you know in the Champions League, they are obviously the favorite over Villarreal, but they have to they have to stay on point, as as Bayern Munich will tell you and Juventus will tell you. Um, and then they got to also focus on this champion, this uh, FA Cup final where Chelsea is like, I don't care who we play the rest of the season. You know, all we're doing is this FA Cup. We're going to finish third no matter what. We have nothing to play for. 
So I just say that to say like they have a lot of pressure on them. Liverpool does, whereas Chelsea does not. But entirely too long on this FA Cup final that I am sad to see because Chelsea somehow are in the final when they are taking city bikes to matches. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to cover over the weekend? There was some stuff going on, but there was some really stuff know. going on. Not much really to talk about in the Premier League. Not that yeah. many matches went on. Um, Spurs lost. Ronaldo scored a hat. <laughs> Did oh, Burnley sacked. Well, all right, you're right. There's one thing to talk about in the Premier League. Burnley sacking Sean Dyche with seven or eight so matches left. I don't know who decided that that was a good idea, but it wasn't. I'm here to tell you it was not a good idea. Um, they Burnley did play over the weekend on Sunday, day of recording, and they did score the first goal against West Ham. The match would finish out in a draw. I'm telling you, at the end of the day, Sean Dyche with eight matches left, could get Burnley out of the relegation zone and probably would have gotten Burnley out of the relegation zone. He was the longest tenured Premier League manager left. Now it's Jurgen Klopp, I believe. Yes, Ten he years. went through some relegations with Burnley. He's been down this road before. Um, you It's funny because last week you said he might be done. Um, y- yes, and then I quickly recanted because I looked at, yes. at Everton's schedule. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. There's no I didn't way. think it would ha- actually happen with like this many games left in the season. At this point, you got to just wait for the season to be done. The yeah. only reason you sack a manager with that many games left is if he's in a scandal or some shit. Yeah, and thank you for bringing that up, Ronnie, because I was just thinking there has to be something deeper there. It doesn't make any sense. I was like, either they have somebody already or something happened because, and it's not the it's not the first the former because against the West Ham against West Ham today, um, they had a U twenty three coach and two other guys and Ben Mee, the club captain as the uh, caretaker. Um, so clearly they 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 may not have somebody just yet and they're figuring things out. But to get rid of Sean Dyche with this many matches left and a huge chance to still secure a spot. Even if they went down, I didn't think they were going to sack Sean Dykes, if I'm being honest. Um, but they did, and they made the wrong decision, in my opinion. I don't know what they could do here except get Tony Pulis or Big Sam Allardyce, who may not have the magic anymore, as we saw. Social media is suggesting um, Rafa Benitez. Yeah, Rafa Benitez with a huge bonus if he keeps them up and then leaves. <laughs> what a guy. Hey, man, at the expense of Everton. What a guy. He did the same thing to Newcastle, too. <laughs> what a guy. Um, I That didn't make sense to me at all. Um, Burnley weren't really properly run as a club. Um, the owners are American, if I, if I recall correctly. Um, not to say that Americans don't know shit. It just didn't feel right. At least wait until the season's over. At this point of the season, there has have been some huge disconnect for him to get the boot right now. But um, that being said, that might increase Burnley's chances of going down. Whether or not they do, up in the air. But that might have just increased their chances of going down. Unfortunately, agreed. And and after last week, we had that conversation, and you gave me that um, that. Um, intervention uh it looked like they had you know ample opportunity to get to, to stay up whereas everton looked like they're going through murder's row as you said so it just seemed like it was in the cards for sean dice to do it again and keep his side in it and you know they did this and now now who knows who knows what will happen um yeah, i don't that, know but if that, there's a way for wood Vancouver to get up out of there i would do it Another another crazy thing. They signed somebody like that, and you're thinking they have a plan. And with, with Sean Dyke, but ridiculousness from the American owners at Burnley. Um, but yeah, that was probably the only really big news from the uh, Premier Premier League, aside from another another Ronaldo hat trick this season. Of course, Spurs losing, and then Arsenal losing the third in a row. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else you want to cover across uh, Europe? Real Madrid had. To use a comeback to beat Sevilla today. Um, Vinny Jr. had a goal called off because of, you know, VAR and handball rules. I don't want to get into that. Um, Ivan Rakitic and Eric Lamela scored about five minutes apart in the first half. 
and then you had Rodrigo Nacho and then Benzema scoring the game winner in that order. They remain top spot in La Liga Sevilla are in that three-way tie for second with Barcelona leading on goal difference. What else happened in La Liga this weekend? Atleti beat Espanyol. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it for Spain, unless you want to go to Italy real quick. Um. Yeah, sure. So as far as Italy go, I know Napoli played tomorrow. They, obviously, as we said, fumbled the bag last week. Um, AC Milan and in both AC and Inter Milan uh, took dubs. Earlier on in the week, I think they – were they making those matches up from last week, I believe? Yeah. No, um, they played on Friday. That, that was this match week. Friday was it. Why did I thought it was on Monday? So, yes, um, both AC Milan and Inter Milan played on Friday. They would both get the dub, Inter over Spezia and Milan over Genoa. That would put Inter, of course, second on 69 points. Milan still top of the table, 71 um, after – with Inter having the, that game in hand, as I said, Napoli will play on Monday to see if they can, you know, get tied on points with Inter there. That's really all I got. Juventus drew Bologna um, with Vlahovic scoring the late goal to secure um, the one point um, as Marco Arnautovic on the other side scored. That guy is a mercenary. Um and yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got as far as uh, Serie A goes. Title race, of course, as close as it can be. The only thing closer would be the Footy Misfits Predictions Cup, as I said at the top of the pod. One more thing, uh, Salernitana. Just, just thought I'd say that uh, they actually took a dub, a rare win over Sampdoria on Saturday. <laughs> oh, man. And... Um... They're still going down, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> They're still going down, though. Um, nice little fun experience they had in Serie A, but 4, 7, and 20 on the year? Yeah. Disgusting. It's wild because Genoa only won twice this season, and they're ahead of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for those that, 16 draws. That, that is actually wild. Um, is there anything in Germany or in France that caught your eye? I know the Le Classique happened this weekend. Yeah, not really. The Classique, there wasn't the fight that I was sure there would be. Um, and in Germany, to be fair, I don't care at this moment. Next weekend, we do see Der Klassiker. And in, in, in that moment, to be fair, I will care. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> well, with that being said, I uh, want to continue with um, Serie A. For that time. By that time, we talking. Let me go ahead and look at my watch real quick. Uh, yeah, it's of the week time. <laughs> Let's get it. I have two. I'm going to start in Europe and then work my way down the hemisphere. So you mentioned Inter and Spezia on Friday. Inter, of course, won the match 3-1. During the match, in the 60th minute... Spezia makes a sub. Mbala Nzola comes on for Re Manja. He comes on in the 60th minute, comes off in the 70th. Why did he only play 10 minutes? Was it a Carlo Ancelotti Moise Kim situation? It was not. At some point during, uh, during his short time in the match, he has his earrings on still. Of course, you can't play with any jewelry. Look at me pronouncing it like DJ Khaled. You can't play with any jewelry. <laughs> jewelry? <laughs> I have so much jewelry. I got more jewelry, and it's not even about the jewelry. Uh, <laughs> he's having a bit of issues getting it off, though. So he leaves the pitch for a moment to try to get it off. He can't, though. He's struggling to do it. This is about five minutes after he comes on. And then, because he's just struggling so much to get it off, Giannis Antiste comes on to replace him. Whole waste of a sub. Yeah. And good thing Spezia aren't really in the relegation scrap. Because if they were, whoo, I would be tight. So that is BS of the week number one. I have another one. Um, we are going to... 
Brazil for this one. LV. Brazil. Hey. And we are going to an event that happened about two weeks ago, but I'm just now seeing it for the first time over the week. Palmeiras, they were playing in their regional final in the Paulista Championship against Sao Paulo. This match was on April 3rd. Um, Palmeiras were down 3-1 after the first leg. They ended up coming from behind on aggregate. Four nothing winners. They played the match at the Allianz Parque, their home venue. And there was a whole side of the stadium that had obstructed view. It was like a stage constructed, uh, like an incomplete stage rather. It was all because Maroon 5 is performing at the stadium. They're getting the venue ready. What? <laughs> They're getting the venue ready. So they had to improvise. Apparently, they weren't expecting to play the final. They still admitted people to that end, though, and they were watching it on monitors. Some wild shit. I would want my money back if that were me. Freaking, I'm watching a television stream. I could just watch this at home. But who do you give BS of the week to in this? Maroon 5, Palmeiras, uh, the fans who went. Who do you give BS of the week to in this situation? Because this is BS. Uh, this is looking like a three-way BS crown. Well done. I don't think that, that's the first time I've ever seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Three birds with one stone. Thanks. Looks like they didn't care. I would have. That's like watching a baseball game behind a pillar. I don't want to do that. Or a football Bro, game at these old-ass stadiums at like Goodison Park or Craven Cottage behind a pillar. Yeah, I can't lie. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And why are you even there? Go home. Get your money back, fam. What? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, I want to know the people who were behind the stage count as official capacity. <laughs> BS of the week in Brazil. LV, what have you got? Okay, so I got two BSs of the week. I have three, actually, but two of them involve spit, which might also be a first. Uh, so it's a two-way parlay of spit here. Um, the first one, of course, goes to the Champions League knockout second leg between Man City and Atletico Madrid. And we talked about the fight, the brawl, the hair pulling, this, that, and the third. And I believe when the play, the two teams got into the tunnel and they continued fighting and scrapping, it was either Savage or a teammate of Savage, um, I think it was Savage, who was beefing with Kyle Walker. And in that moment, he wasn't Savage. Nah. Well... This teammate who was wearing a jacket, so I couldn't find out exactly who it was, um, had some smoke and was trying to get in there with Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker was being separated. There was a sea of people between them. And uh, this Atleti player goes for a spit. Cocks it back. Luby. Boom. Spits. What he didn't take into account was the person directly in front of him was, was actually Savage, I believe, or another Atleti teammate. And that spit did not hit Kyle Walker. That shit looked like it hit the back of his teammate's jacket. <laughs> you got to aim your spit a little bit more accurately. If you're going to let it go, you better let it go accurately. Now your man's got Luby on the back of his jacket. <laughs> How about stinks. not spit at all, fam? Well, there you go. But I'm saying if you have to do it, come on, fam. Because now he's got, now he's the jacket. Because you've been on the pitch all day. Your breath probably stinks. Uh, you know, Lucas Aid. The loogies on the back of his jacket, it's all dry now. It's just disgusting. Um, so aim the spit, the disrespect, in the right way. You clearly didn't. BS of the week uh, to that player who I have to find his name and whoever it was. Uh, the second one comes during Brighton Hove Albion versus Spurs on Saturday. Uh, a match with Brighton would win uh, and take three points from Spurs. In the 88th uh, or so minute, the camera pans to the manager of Brighton, Graham Potter. Got his beard. He looks a little bit more official now. Uh, he had a, he was saying something, and a bit of dribble came out from his uh, his, uh, his out of his mouth. I think he was going to spit. Actually, he missed. He's wearing a black shirt. And the spit lands on his black shirt. The camera saw everything, and so did I. Yes, <laughs> of the week. If you're gonna spit on the ground, <laughs> hit the ground. Man. Now you look crazy. So. 
uh, big up to the cameraman for catching that. Uh, what a, what a what a moment there. Uh, so the double BS of the week for Spit. My last one here, a bit more serious, if you will. Uh, BS of the week goes to the owners of the Chicago Cubs, the Ricketts family, for trying to buy Chelsea. Their bid was entering the final stages. However, fans of the club and support groups of the club realized that the father of the family, Tom Rickett, in his past had some very racist and very Islamophobic statements released in leaked emails. They wasn't going for that. So the family put out a statement saying, and I quote, it became increasingly clear that certain issues could not be addressed given the unusual dynamics around the sales process. BS of the week, you're lying. (laughs) 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 Dynamics around the sales process is BS for my dad is racist. (laughs) And the fans wasn't having it. Tom Rickett and the Rickett family. Yes of the week. You thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. Um it's okay to own the Chicago Cubs and be a racist. It's not okay to own Chelsea and be a racist. Clearly, clearly not. <laughs> so um fans of of Chelsea football, football Club and support groups, they tried to hash it out. They even went to the final rounds of the bid and the group said fuck that. The Ricketts felt the heat. I read some reports that they even said, Don't worry. Pops won't be involved in the deal. Yeah, all right. Get them out of here. They withdrew their bid, uh, I believe, on Thursday or Friday, and they are up out of here. Here's the week, Ricket family. Come on, y'all lying in your statement. <laughs> Big time. Uh, that's all I got, uh, Ronnie, this week. That sounds uh, so crazy. Ridiculous dynamics of the sale. We saw them emails, bro. <laughs> um, so, anywho. Before uh, any more leaked emails come out for racists that are trying to buy Chelsea, Ronnie, do you want to go ahead and sign the boys off? Who is he, John Gruden? <laughs> <laughs> Not the Michelin tires. Oh, God. Oh, Yeesh. Lord. Um, that being said, thanks for listening to episode 90 of the Football Misfits podcast. We thank you all for listening and. Keep it in touch with us on socials at Footy Misfits. Before we go, uh, Ronnie at the data desk let me know that the player who threw the loogie spit out of his mouth and hit his mans, it was uh, Sime Vrishalko. Goodness gracious. Try again. All right. That's all I got. So we will catch you on episode 91, which is right around the corner. For F1 Scheme and Spence and Paper Fonto LV, I go by the name of Ronnie. Enjoy the week's slate of football this week. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you next time. Woo! Happy Easter for y'all who celebrate.